I'm Allie. And this is, what is this, Allie? The Work Friends Podcast. The Work Friends Podcast. Actually, we said our own name wrong. It's the Social Work Friend Podcast. Well, yeah. But it's in parentheses. It's in, it, 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 it does need to have an emphasis on the parentheses. It's social Work Friends. Okay, so when we say it, I'll just parenthesis the social. We'll have our hands up in little parentheses. <laughs> you can't see it, but it's there every time. And what are we talking about today? We are talking about juvenile detention centers. Okay. We're talking about juvenile detention centers and the juvenile death penalty. Bit of a heavy one, but it's a good one. Mainly because the juvenile death, death penalty, spoiler, doesn't exist anymore. It is not something that you can do. So, before we get into that... Did you go to Goodwill this week? I know you didn't go weekend. to Goodwill, but yes, I did. Thank you for asking. I'm wearing all of my Goodwill hauls today. I have this. I just put it in my mouth. <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> I have this beautiful, I, I think it might be a TikToker merch now that I'm thinking about it, but it says, yeah, in like that squiggly wavy font on the front with little, um, these are actually my favorite emojis is these little star things. <laughs> They're in our Insta bio as well. Yes, and um, then on the back it says, In a world full of bitches. In a world full of bitches, be a bad one. That's what it says. And I had to get it because who, why is that I could will? That's a quote to live by. It is a quote <clears throat> to live by. And Maxwell was like, that's so appropriate. And I was like, thank you, I think. I'm not that sure. That was a little bit of a backhand. <laughs> backhand. We'll comment, let it slide this time. Yes, but it is, I feel like it was never worn. It has like this weird... Is that like a ballerina? I think it is. She's like got her leg up in there. It took me a while to figure out what it was because it's not very... Look at how small that hand is compared to the head. I don't really know, but it's like all in puffy paint. Hmm. I don't know whose this is. I don't know if I want to know whose this is if it's donated to Goodwill, but the saying on the back is good and the quality is great. It's very soft. Then I got a bunch of fall turtlenecks. And I also got, oh, this was the best one. I found two, well, this is the second time I found a piece of Bassett furniture. Not sure if anybody is into MCM furniture. Bassett furniture, very expensive MCM furniture. It was in pristine condition. Uh, we did sand the whole thing. We redid re- re- it. Uh, but I plan to sell it for, you know, a pretty penny. Because we're going to put a lot of work into it. And those Bassett furniture pieces need to be preserved and they need to be loved and the one that I could will for 24 $23 was not loved or preserved but kind of well good thing you found it so you can restore it it's in my garage it's really lucky to have you truly it's like a $1,400 dresser I literally know nothing about any kind of furniture so I'm seeing as I bought those things those, Those stools for are, an insane yeah. amount of money. Yeah. Our breakfast nook stools from Menards. You know, if I had the patience to wait, I would have because I'm pretty confident I could have found a lot nicer ones anywhere. Like on Marketplace? Yeah, I'm confident on that. But you were there. And I'm so impatient. I just, I can't. I agree. I 100% agree. And the weird thing is that I've been going specifically to that Goodwill to look for a dresser for Maxwell, an MCM dresser. Haven't found one. That one, that Goodwill, it's my honey hole with the best furniture. It's no no dresser, no dresser, no dresser. 
buy a dresser at a thrift store, a Kohler dresser, another really good brand, I know, for $65, we're like, great, it's good, it's fantastic, it's in really good shape, and then the next day we go to that Goodwill, and there's that dresser, and I'm just That's like... That's kind of shocking, with one day in between, like... It's just how the world spins around. Every magic. time I find something and buy it, and I've been looking for this dresser for two months now, and it's like, you need a dresser, so I'm just going to... And then this one just shows up. I'm like, guys, universe, <laughs> come on. But um, I'll post a before and after on Instagram along with the other pictures of my other stuff. And I also forgot to post that one that, um, painting that I found at Goodwill the other day. It was in the background of the candle picture, mm. so you kind of get it, but you kind of don't get it. So I'll put those ones up there, too. All right. Now that that is out of the way, let's get crack-a-lacking. All righty. So this first part is kind of just like an overview on juvenile detention centers slash corrections facilities. It's kind of like lumped together, but there are differences in them, so... To start, they house kids up to the age of 18 who have committed offenses ranging from uh, running away, habitually running away, it's not just a one-time thing, to assault. I didn't know running away was an offense. Yeah. Is it, why is it an offense? I don't know. That is a great question. I'm going to have to Google that. Why is running away an offense? (laughs) I guess it's, well, you're, no. I I mean, so I, I think. Can you Parents press charges? That's kind of what I was thinking because you're like, your parents are in charge of you. So like you kind of, they have really all say in what you're doing, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like they don't always utilize it or they overutilize it. But so I think that's kind of the problem is that they didn't give you permission to leave and now you left kind of thing. Like, does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, because you're still and technically it, like under your parents' rule and Like your their property. That's what comes to mind, which is awful, but, like, that they have... It's kind of true. Yeah. I mean, you you can... If they tell you, no, you have Until you're 18, yeah. Uh, okay. But, yeah, so... And I do want to add, I actually just learned this. I think I was kind of, like, aware of it, but... Um, so, in Wisconsin and some other states, at 17, you're considered an adult. At 17? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Depending on what crime you're being charged with, you could go into the adult system. Oh, my God. And you you could also, at a younger age, get moved into the adult system. So, say you're 15, and it would have to be a more serious offense, but you could move into the adult system. And the problem with that is that once you're in it, you can't leave. So, say you're charged for something at 15, mm-hmm. and then a year later you're charged with something less serious, you're still in the adult system, just automatically. Oh my god. So, you're going to get charged a lot harsher. Do they not? They don't look. I'm not even going to ask. Do they not look at brain development? development? Absolutely not. No, Wendy. they do not. The brains are not at the developmental stages. Where does that door go? It's just a closet. Oh, okay. I had to ask. Uh, brains are not at the developmental stages at the ripe old age of 17 to have, a, to, to be charged as an adult. You are, your brain is not where an adult brain is. You don't have all of the 
you're crazy impulsive. You're crazy impulsive. You don't have the impulse control. You don't have the problem solving. You don't have the long-term thinking ability of, I'm 15 years old. Fuck it. I'm going to steal $100 for this stuff. How is this going to affect me in 10 years? Yeah. Even five years. You don't. You don't. A year. You don't think about it. You You really really can't process it. Like, it's not that you're intentionally doing it. It's just... Your brain is just not there. Those are the developmental stages of a brain, and that is why we have laws in place, like voting, which I think is stupid, and also drinking. Like, drinking, you can't drink till you're 21. So if your brain is still developing when you're 21, which it is, I put air quotes up, but it is still developing at 21, how can you be tried as an adult at 15 years old when you can't drink until you're 21 years old because your brain is hot take? I'll get off my soapbox. Please continue. No, I completely agree, and I think there's, I'd have to look into this, but I'm willing to bet money that there are cases of kids that are even younger that are being charged as an adult for their offenses. Yeah. So, that is insane. I wonder how, do do you know of the girls that did the Slenderman killing? You remember those Mm -hmm. in Milwaukee? If they were tried as an adult or not. Because I know that they were teenagers, but they weren't high up there in the teenage ages. I like they didn't couldn't drive yet. I want to say they were, but I don't know for sure. I am going to look it up whilst you continue talking. That sounds like a plan to me. So the purpose of these uh, facilities are to be restrictive, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're punitive. They're trying to focus more on intervention and rehabilitation. Which, I don't know if they've always been successful with, but I think they do have that intention behind it. So, oh my god. They were tried as adults? At 12 years old, they were tried Ah. as adults for first and second degree intentional homicide. Yep. I knew it was younger. Sorry, not intentional. Attempted homicide. 12 years old. 12 years old. That's insane. Which, and I do, like, it's not saying that what they did was okay, but it, I just don't think that you can be punishing them in the same way as an adult. adult. Like, that's just not... I mean, you can get the life sentence for Mm -hmm. that. At 12 years old, you can be sentenced to prison for life. Do you know how much you change by the age of 18? Your brain is totally different. That is so crazy. I'm not saying that these girls should have been left off the hook. But, and they, I, um, oh, shit. One of them was sentenced to 25 years to life, which is what we just said. 25 years to life, and the other one was sentenced to 40 years for life. (laughs) At, hello, cat. (laughs) Welcome. At 12 years old, dude. That is so crazy. I know that they they then, like, spent time at a state psychiatric hospital and whatnot. So, I don't know if they're still there. I haven't kept up with this. But that is so crazy that they were tried as adults. What they did was fucked. For sure. So fucked. That is a terrible thing to do. But should they maybe have been sent to a psychiatric facility and then juvenile detention until they turned 18? And then see if they're reformed? I... That's insane to me. Please continue. I'm not disagreeing with you. <laughs> Honestly, I think that would have been better for them. I also haven't kept up on it, so I'm not really sure where they're at. 
I I just can't believe that 12 year olds were tried as adults and sentenced to 25 years and 40 years to life in prison. Well, life in a mental institution. Not that different. No. Where I was going with the make it restorative, not punitive. So in this training that I was in this past week that kind of talked about um, juvenile detention centers, they were talking about a shift from just shit like shifting your mentality. And I kind of thought these were kind of cool. There's just four of them. So they're saying that a more restorative mindset is that crime causes harm instead of crime is law-breaking, that offenders' accountability means taking steps towards repairing that harm instead of offender accountability means accepting the infliction of harm. Um, And then I like this last one. To achieve community safety, it is more important to build community peace than to increase order slash punishment Instead of to achieve uh, public safety, it is important to increase order. Um, so something that our um, our county is kind of working towards, and I know a lot of other um, places too, is instead of removing a child from their home mm-hmm. and their community, they would rather choose to keep the offenders within their community and help them to strengthen those ties. Because it's going to, one, impact the youth significantly more than you just, oh, but you did a not-so-great thing, so you're getting sent away now. Yeah, and traumatizing them further. And it's also, in a way, holding the community accountable for the youth that's being, like, raised with them. Like, it's it's not just up to the parents. It's up to the schools and... Why and the BGC yeah, like and everybody plays a big role in how these kids are growing up, so it shouldn't just be on one person. I agree, and especially, I mean, my program is a preventative juvenile justice program, so I work with kids that could potentially be in the juvenile justice, um, juvenile justice, what's the word? System? System. <laughs> that could potentially be in the juvenile justice system but aren't active in it yet. It's completely preventative so that they never get there and they never become adult offenders. Hopefully, if our program is doing well. But it's all about community ties and it's all about giving these kids a sense of belonging in their community and empowering them to like make informed choices on how their decisions are going to affect the world around them in this community that they now enjoy being in versus mm-hmm. being in a in a community that they feel like an outsider in and they don't give a shit what their actions do to the community they just want to do them because they don't all of these people are nameless faceless people yep so it, from what i have learned about the program haven't had an active kid yet um, it's been over a month. I'm going a little crazy. Um, it is a really good program and it is doing a lot of really good work. We have the program with older kids and that's where we see a lot of really good work and there's, it's adapted to a lot of other places. I think Libby's program's great. Sorry. <laughs> I had to process it. Just kidding. I know all about Libby's program and I think it's a really good thing. And that she is, in fact, bored, so. I am, in fact, she what? Needs oh, bored. bored. 
I'm bored out of my mind. Yeah, so Libby bothers me all day. All I day. Mean, every day. When I'm actually in the office. <laughs> yeah. Which is actually there, which is almost never. Yeah. Nowadays. Nowadays. I bother her. Um, alright, so this statistic is from 2018. So it is a little bit outdated, but sure. not too far. So we're gonna... It'll be pandemic. Yeah, it'll, work. it'll apply. So in 2018, across the nation, 195,000 young people were placed in detention centers. Just in av- 2018? Yeah. For an average of, a, up. of 27 days. Damn. Which doesn't seem like a lot, but for a like for a youth, that is a too long. That is way too long. If you think about the percentage like, of their life that they've lived and then take a month out of that percentage, that's actually a pretty big percent. As somebody, I mean, I don't have a calculator on my iPad, but if you were to calculate it out, that would actually be a reasonably big percent compared... What the fuck is that sound? A child's flip-flops. That is a terrifying <laughs> sound. I literally the thought it was haunted. Here, I swear to God. I've never noticed how noisy it is here, but it, like everything's noisy. I literally thought that you just had a child like run across your kitchen in bare feet. <laughs> I was so scared. Oh my God. Okay. Whew. I don't know what I was saying, but you, you take it. I don't know. completely either. lost my train of thought. <laughs> Something about how if you took a calculator... Oh, that's a lot. That's a, that's a big portion of a kid's life if they're 14 years old and they spend a month in juvenile detention. That's a big That's a big chunk of time. Learning-wise, developmentally-wise, it's a big chunk of time. It is, and I mean, I'll get into this a little more later, but it's research has shown that it's not effective having kids in a detention center for that amount of time. Even... Three days can be too long for them. So it's like you proved your point. Yeah, I would you say you proved it. You know what I actually learned about? So I there is an individual within our county who was neglecting her job duties and left a child in juvie for significantly longer than he was supposed to be in there because she was not doing anything. He was super fucked up, and she got in a lot of trouble for it. Oh, it was, that should have been jail time. It was not good. That should have been jail time. Was it jail time? Not great. <laughs> At all. <laughs> That's real bad. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, being in Juvie for an extended amount of time is not good for you. Um, at all. Uh, so across the U.S., there are roughly 625 juvenile detention centers. 625? That's a lot. That's, there's 50 states. That's like 12 per state, at least. A little bit over. Mm-hmm. I think they're probably, this is my guess um, from that, but I'm guessing that they're probably lumping together detention centers and youth correctional facilities. That's, I don't know for sure. You would guess But that, that would make sense because, so our state has two, I believe. One for males and one for females. Correctional facilities? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, okay. correctional facilities. And, and not then, every county has a detention center. No, only, there's only one close to us, to my knowledge. I think the other one closed. 
So a lot of our a lot of the kids in the area get routed to the one. But yeah, so I'm guessing that they probably lumped them together. Like I said earlier, there is a difference between them. So detention is short term and then correctional facility is a longer term. So that's so usually for detention it's if you're uh, awaiting a judge's decision or if you're a worker, if you're not following your court order, they can have you placed on a seventy two hour hold. Mm-hmm. And then correctional facility is once you've already been charged with something. So that would be more like a prison because mm-hmm. it's for that longer term. And it's to serve out like a full sentence. Yeah. Like you you can get like two years mm-hmm. in to, what is it called? Why? A correctional, correctional. In a correctional facility. And they can actually, this doesn't happen very often, but say they were full, which like I said does not happen often, but... And he's back. And he's sniffing the microphone. And he's, hi. He's giving me. You really. So, yeah, like I said, if they would be full, they can actually place youth in an actual county jail. Oh, no. But they have this law, like lots of laws. Can you get out of the way, sir? (laughs) So, if they would be placed in a county facility with adults, they have. Like, you can't hear, see, anything. Like, there's no contact between them. They have to be kept in a separate location. But, because that, where my mind goes is, oh, so they're in, like, solitary. Yeah. And apparently, that is illegal. So, if that's a thing, report it. Because <laughs> it so- says it in the statute, says you can't fucking do that. So, there's really not a lot of options on places they could go. They would have to empty out an entire cell block. And dedicate it to juveniles. Oh, so oh, that's like oh, oh. not gonna happen. That's a, I don't know if it's ever happened in our state, but that's an seems option. rather impossible. Yeah, it wouldn't really be feasible. But I just thought that was interesting that they could even do that. But I guess maybe you wouldn't have an option always. But you should always have an option. Sure. I don't know. I just thought that was a little interesting tidbit. That would be terrible. I mean, you're basically in solitary basically. because you're in a cell block by yourself, which sounds somehow worse. Kind of, because I, I, I doubt they would have that many other kids with you. No. It would probably be maybe one or two. And then what do you do if you have a male and a female? They can't be kept together either. Have you ever been into a jail? I did once in elementary school. Do you remember it? No. Okay. <laughs> so they're kind of... I've been in a, I've been in an abandoned prison. Does that count? Yes and no. <laughs> be cool, but you wouldn't see how like people were in it, but still cool. What about like Beyond Scared Straight? Would that be educational as to how this is set up? <laughs> I've never actually seen that. I don't know if I want to. <laughs> no, I, I I don't think you do. It's good though, but it's like oh fuck, like oh. But so I actually my stepmom works in a prison. Not a prison. In a county jail. And she's a nurse there. So I got to, like, shadow her for a few days. And they have, like, the... Uh, what's it called? Cell? No, it's... Door? Where you're... Where the, the, like... The people can see all the cameras and stuff. Oh! Oh! The, the control room? Yeah, there you go. That's It's called one. something else, but I can't remember No, what we're going called. with that. The control room. So it's, like, this... It's the center point, And then coming out of it, at least the one I was in... Yeah. It had, like, two wings, which are, like, long hallways. There was four. Four? And you could see all of the doors, and they, like, went out in, like, a, almost like a triangle shape. 
So, like, the back of it was bigger, and that's where all the cells and stuff were. But two of them just had a bunch of bunks in it. And then the other two had actual cells. So Hmm. you, like, got locked in the cells during Hmm. periods of the day. But the other one was, like, more of a free roam, I guess. And they had, like, a cafeteria somewhere around in there? Yeah, like, those ones had an upper level, actually, which was kind of interesting. So the bottom portion had it was like their cafeteria and stuff showers and bathrooms yeah those were like kind of tucked in the back but that was a male facility i don't know if i'd recommend going there (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i heard they're not the nicest well if you're a pretty young lady you'll get a lot of compliments some from some very nice gentlemen Mm -hmm. oh will you (laughs) oh will you i know um my roommate shauna hey sean she worked in a jail for a long time. She cooked, though. Mm. But she would cook with the inmates. Yeah, I actually think that's really cool that they give them the opportunity to do that. The, like, low offense levels, I'd still be maybe a little bit cautious, but... Well, but I mean more that they can have, like, jobs and stuff while they're in there. Because some of them have take care of the laundry and stuff, too. And it's it gives them something to do. Because there's not a whole lot in there. Bored out of my oh, mind. Oh, yeah. Yep. Some of the kids that I used to work with, they said that... They slept most of the day because there wasn't much to do, and then at night they would stay up late and play like board games and stuff. They, they do really have board don't games. give kids anything to do. Apparently, they're supposed to have access to school. So if you're, this would obviously be with kids, not adults. But you. But you can still do school in jail. Well, yeah, but. Well, prison they, probably less jail. It's mandatory for juveniles oh, okay. because they're supposed to be in school it's an option for adults but i am not 100 percent sure if that's true because the kids that i was working with they could have been lying that is a real possibility but they said that they didn't have any access to their homework and they weren't able to do anything which like i said that's a real possibility but i they only can have so much like internet time so what if all of your homework like most of theirs is now, is online. How are you supposed to do it? I don't know. Because, like, the systems and stuff that we have within the schools, because when I was doing my internship, they have everything online. You can go to the school website, and you can print stuff out, so maybe that's what they would do for them. I'm not 100% sure. But... I... That's a really good point and a really good question. So, like, if a juvenile were to go to... Is it mandatory correctional facilities, too? I would assume so, yeah. I would have it would to, have to be. Say, yeah. So if they were to go to a correctional facility for, say, like a year... How are they supposed to keep up in school? I mean, this is just a me thing. I would just sit there and learn all day because I have nothing to do. That's, That's probably true. not true for most kids. But maybe with a longer term, maybe they would be like, Fuck it's it. either this or <laughs> sit here and do nothing. Yeah. Possibly. But, I mean, you would have to have a teacher there you can't teach yourself everything. yeah you they're supposed to correctional I think I think a lot of them are struggling to find staff but oh, yeah it it is an intention to have somebody there to help them with their homework and they're supposed to have um I think this would be more in the correctional facilities but they're supposed to have like counselors and stuff coming in there mm-hmm. to talk with them and to try and work with them on I things. actually was going I I'm not going to say I was going to. I saw on Indeed that Schwink and Schmills had a youth a, a youth correctional counselor listed as a job. It was like $30 an hour. I was like, I'm not moving across the state. 
to work at Schmink and Schmelz. Not to there. Oh, my God. Not to there either. I've heard so much about Schmink and Schmelz. I had a classmate that went to Schmink and Schmelz and broke out of Schmink and Schmelz. (laughs) (laughs) We can't call it its actual name, so we're going to call it Schmink and Schmelz. Yeah, we actually have two uh, um, youth correctional facilities in the state. One for males and one for females. Do you know what the other one's name is? The female one? Schmink and Schmelz is the male one. Yeah, um, I don't know how to make that into something else. Schmopper Schmink. <laughs> there you go. We'll, Schmopper we'll just roll with that one. <laughs> um, but they were, I, they were looking at like combining them. Ooh. And they would, know. they would still obviously have to be kept um, separate. Like then with all of the abuse allegations that were coming out of the male one predominantly, but I'm. Sure, it was out of both of them. There was actually an FBI investigation into it. Schmink and Schmelz. Get your shit together. (laughs) And there's been a real push to close it forever. Oh, I've heard about that push for a long time. They are trying to build a new one in a different location, which wouldn't be the worst thing because a lot of the kids that are being sent there are from a particular part of the state, and they're being moved Hours away from home. Is it Schmilwaukee? <laughs> that one might be too much. <laughs> but yeah, so they're so far away from home, how is anybody ever supposed to come and see them? And it's yeah. in this remote part of the state. I'm sure there's no fucking hotels for them to stay in. So are they sleeping in their car? I think it's in Irma, Wisconsin. Which is God knows how many hours away from here. It's sort of in my neck of the woods. We used to drive past it to go to play forensics. To go do forensics. Forensics <laughs> acting. Uh, but yeah. So it's it's up in my neck of the woods. She's real remote. The closest yeah. place is like probably Tomahawk to there. And that is... I mean, that's an hour and a half mm-hmm. from the Great White North. So yeah. from Milwaukee, so, that's like five and a half hours probably. So I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing. To have some of the kids closer to home. Oh, you build it? Like... I don't know where they would build it. But they've apparently already found the money for it. And are like... How? uh, Don't know. But they're like pushing for it. Who thinks... Let's look at Schmink and Schmelz and think... They're "Mm." claiming we're going to change all these things and it's going to be... I call bullshit. A jillion times better. And they have apparently been working with... um, like a lot of people to try and bring in more of the interventions and preventions and all that stuff. But I'm gonna guess that's been something I've been saying for years. It's 2022. It's about damn time you learn about trauma. It is indeed. So fuck dude. Positive youth interventions have been around for so long. Fuck you Schmink and Schmelz. Don't build a new one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so honestly who knows what's gonna happen with that I don't really know um, all of the workers that I've talked to in the county are very adamant about not sending any of our kids there mm-hmm. because of the horror stories that they've heard uh, I've asked a lot of people about Shrink and Schmelz not good and they're like uh uh-uh, uh avoid it like the plague but I would like to visit it and I Forgot to ask my when boss. they abandon it. You bet no, your not even. There. So when it's active, you yes, want to go there? I am I'm so curious. curious. How could we get there? Um. So, 
within our unit, it's really beneficial for us to, not just our unit, within any unit, when you're placing a child, you should always know where you're sending them. Like, you should have visited it. Visit. Visited it. <laughs> Isn't it? Visited it? <laughs> there should visit many. there. There you, you go. should always visit there. Yes. And you should meet the people that you're placing them with. Maybe there's other kids in the home. Meet them. Animals. You should know all of these things so that you can not only tell the kids that you're placing there beforehand, but you can tell the parents. Because there's times where they might not be able to know, whatever. So being able to say... I've met these people, they're really wonderful, they're going to take great care of your children, would make a parent feel a bajillion times better. Like, mm-hmm. So where I'm going with that is... <laughs> You're going to take a tour of Shrink and Schmills, and I'm going to take a lot. In the fake world where I would actually send anyone there, yes, I really want to see it. I think... It would be really beneficial for somebody that's from my preventative program to see what yeah. I'm preventing kids from going to. Even though I have, I don't think, any right to send a child there, I want to see it anyway. Yeah. I don't please. even know if that's within my job title. Like, t- description? Job duties. <laughs> One of those. <laughs> Something. I don't think I can actually do that. I which would is doubt not it. a bad thing. Don't you think I'm that okay would be like a long term person? Yeah. That would do that? Fingers crossed. I don't want to send a kid there. We don't usually work with delinquency stuff. Well, that's YJ, isn't it? Yeah. So I am going to guess that I would not. We'd like tag team that, probably. Well, you should find somebody that needs to go to Schmink and Schmelz. I'll petition my bosses. (laughs) You petition your bosses. We'll drive there. I'll take the day off. You don't even have to. You don't have to pay me. You don't have to reimburse me miles. Just make sure I can go and that I'm not driving up there for nothing. Get our name on that piece of paper so we can go. That's all I want. I just want to visit Schmink and Schmelz and Schmopper Schmink. (laughs) (laughs) I honestly, I kind of want to meet the kids too. Not kind of, I do. And... I don't know, hear about their experience, I guess. Because I don't I don't feel like a lot of times they have the opportunity to until they're out of there. Oh, they are never given a voice, I, yeah, would, so, I would say. I don't know, why not? I never asked, how do, how do you actually feel right now? And never, probably I don't never. think anyone wants to know the answer to that question, which is probably why they don't ask. Mm-hmm. I want to know the answer to that question, though. Me too. Okay, so now we're going to jump into kind of like the social work thoughts on this and kind of where I guess we were already going with that is that so detention centers should really be used sparingly because it can the more you send a youth there the more likely they are to get into more trouble so it really increases the recidivism rate and about 70% of kids that have gone to detention have returned within the year. Jeez. And the more it's often... It's not working. The more often you send them, the more often they go back, which is Who needs not to hold great. up the neon sign that says, Schmink and Schmills and Schmopper Schmink, they're well, not working. And that's not that's also with, like, the detention sign. Like, when it's just, say, a oh, 72-hour shit, hold, yeah. you're going to go there way more because it's not working. Like, you're just sitting there stewing. Like, you're just pissed that you're there. You're pissed at your worker, you're pissed at your parents, anyone that puts you there, and you're meeting new people who might be telling you to to do some new fun things, (laughs) which is not good. And sometimes 
I'm not a huge fan of this terminology, but low-risk youth get sent there and they end up being high-risk because they're being exposed to way more things that they never probably would have even thought of. A lot of the times, they're like a one-and-done. Like, they get in trouble one time, they get maybe talked to by law enforcement or somebody, and it's like you're scared straight. Like, you're not, you don't want to get in trouble anymore. You're good to go. You don't need to be in the youth justice system. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other kids who are getting into a lot more, like, serious trouble. They're being violent, and it's happening a lot more regularly. They're the kids that could potentially actually benefit from it. Short term still, but that's more what that's made for. It's not okay for these kids that are barely doing anything to get sent there for Mm -hmm. who knows how long. Like, that's just not... Yeah, like, the kids that are creating no harm, no foul, you're running away because you're a rebelling teenager. That you're out a different way than just, oh, you're going to run away? Well, I'm going to lock you up for three days. Maybe look at your county's positive youth intervention programs. I guarantee... Well, I can't guarantee that. But I can almost guarantee that they probably have a positive youth intervention program because those programs have such a low recidivism such a low recidivism rate it's insane and it's working and it continues to work versus detention centers and correctional facilities they don't fucking work no they're traumatizing for some kids it makes for the many issue kids worse. not even i mean if you get handcuffed and thrown into a cell do you think you're not going to be traumatized? Well, and you have all these things said to you that I'm sure are also traumatizing. Your body is constantly in that fight or flight mode. It's constantly releasing cortisol. And it's not going to calm down until you're gone. No, and the longer that you're locked up, the longer people are telling you you're a bad kid, you're doing bad things, the more you're going to start to internalize. self think. process. Yeah, you're going to start thinking all that about yourself. And, well, if I'm just going to get locked up whenever I want to do something, what's the point of even listening to my parents. Yeah. Like, now you're just going to do whatever the fuck you want because it doesn't matter in yeah. your head. Because that's what basically everybody's telling you. It's, that's, they, just stop it. Build more strength-based, trauma-based, trauma-informed, not trauma-based. Build more strength-based, trauma-informed, positive interventions, and you will see good results. I can promise you that. And it will not be just in low-risk kids. That just require a little, hey, here are some skills we need to work on. Mm-hmm. It'll be high-risk and mid-risk kids. Also, I also don't like that terminology, but I can't find a better terminology for it. No, and that, it was kind of explained on more of, like, they're low risk of running away. They're low risk of reoffending. That's more, that's, not that it makes it a whole lot better, but that they did kind of explain it to me that made... Little because I didn't really know what it meant when I like with my last job, we were working with high risk youth, and I was like, Does that mean they're violent? Which it could, yes, but it's they're at a higher risk of whatever offending, yeah. So it clicked now, but still, not but it's very stigmatizing Mm -hmm. to be called high risk and low risk and mid risk. But that's the only way that you can quantify it when you're having a conversation with another professional. Yeah, but it's also something that the kids were aware of because when we would say, this weekend's a high-risk weekend, you're coming, next weekend's low-risk, you can't come. Oh, shit, y'all did that? 
that's what their workers would tell them too. Oh that's my not god, even just that's us. not trauma informed at all. Some of them would, because you didn't want them to intermix, so you had to keep them separated. And for some of the kids that were ordered to all of the high risk weekends, which would be that was like one to two every month. Those were the only ones they could go to. They couldn't go to the low-risk ones. Mm-hmm. So they kind of, they had to be informed of it. A different way would have been good. I think you could have called it an orange week and a red week. <laughs> <sighs> we could have. Ah, we could have, Olivia. A lot of things could have changed. Could have been a little bit more trauma-informed. Just, just a wee bit. All right. You go. Oh, my turn to crack on. Yep, I'm ready. Okay. I'm excited. I don't think anybody was prepared for this. I was not prepared for this. Uh, Strap in, though. It's going to get a little bit dark, but we're going to pull it back up, okay? We're going to pull it back up. So, I didn't even know that there was a juvenile death penalty. Uh, I didn't either until last week. Yeah. I was just like, you're fucking kidding me. You killed 10-year-olds? What? So, the juvenile death penalty was really highly criticized basically the entire time that it was in use. And that was until um, way too long. Guess what year the juvenile death penalty ended? Mm, 1999. 2005. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. We were in... We It hasn't even been 10 years since that shit ended. That's wild to me. That's like, that could have been us. Yeah. We like, were five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be... I'd have been six. Technically... Oh, you're older than me? <gasps> you are older than me. Oh. <laughs> uh, yes. It, we... You never know. I mean, the lowest age that was ever put to death was ten. I was gonna, and I would, I would add... Um, juvenile, like it could have been. Juvenile usually refers to like over ten, like an adolescent. Yeah, whatever. Not always. It could, I suppose, go the other way, but that's typically the distinction. Yeah, because our program starts at ten, and that's an adolescent program. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, I mean, I think everybody kind of had a little bit of a moral problem with putting ten-year-olds to the execution. To the execution. Putting ten-year-olds in an electric chair. That's just me and my observations. So, you shouldn't, you, if the law was enacted in 1642, maybe, here's an idea, look at it again in 1955. That's just a thought of mine. And if it comes up and you're like, "Mm, that's a little iffy, maybe nix it, okay? Every like 10 years, we should be like, is that shit stupid? Mm, Yeah, cut it out. So, the law was first enacted in 1962 in Plymouth Colony, Massachusetts. I've been to Plymouth Colony, Massachusetts. I really struggle with saying Massachusetts. <laughs> I used to say it and it used to sound like massive two shits. And it was real traumatizing. <laughs> then I actually had to go to Massachusetts. And then I had to like really sit and focus on how to say it right. So I figured it out. So, um, a young boy his name was thomas i'm gonna say this name wrong granger at the age of 16 was executed granger? For, like from here g-r-a-u-n oh all right granger i'm gonna say 
It's 16 years old, was executed, this part's a little bit gross, for having sex with several farm animals. To be fair, that's probably not true. Just to make you feel a little bit better. No, that's, that's probably a thing, not true. Well, he was also a Native American boy, so... Mm, okay. A lot of... That puts see, it into perspective. Yeah. <laughs> you'll see that in the time that the death penalty was used for juveniles, the majority of people that were executed were black people, people of color, just at a and Native Americans. And thought his, he was impure for that. Yes. So, um, it just, it like, 16 years old for having sex with fire medals, allegedly. Meh. So it was first in 19, it was first enacted in 1642. And it was ended, like I said, in 2005. It was outlawed by the Supreme Court because it was deemed as cruel and unusual punishment. No fucking shit. Yep. Before its end, it there was 366 kids at least that were put to death by this law. 18, the youngest was 10 years old. 10. That's a baby. That is a baby. That's a, that's, you can count how many years old they are in their hands. Okay, to be fair, that 10-year-old literally fled from the law for, um, God, how many years? Mm, oh, this 10-year-old, he robbed a bank when he was 10. He assisted. His name was James Arkany. He was part of the Cherokee tribe and was hanged in Arkansas in 1885. For robbing a bank. For being part of a bank robbery. And then absconding from the law, really? That's that's he he ran from the law for thirteen years. So after he was convicted and given the death penalty, he ran from the law for thirteen. I would have ran too. Good for him. Yeah, glad he made it that long. Yeah, and even though he committed murder thirteen years later, and maybe didn't even commit a single crime afterwards, for that thirteen years that he fled from the law, he still was hanged for it. Thirteen years later, God. You would think it would have been overturned by that. But like, at that point, you would have hoped. You would have think, oh, it doesn't really matter that much. He probably stole $25. It, it just doesn't it matter that much. <laughs> so, you'll see a trend in this as well. Next, a 12-year-old Native American girl was executed in Connecticut in 1786. I'm not going in order, by the way. I'm going in ages. In 1786 for murdering a 6-year-old white girl. This needs to be turned loosely because very easily this six-year-old girl that was murdered, horrible crime, could have just been found by the girl's house. Or been last seen near her, like something. They could have been friends and she could have been murdered by some nasty-ass pig and then this girl gets blamed for it, this 12-year-old girl. Um, In 1944, George Steiny... Um, an African-American 14-year-old boy was executed in the electric chair in South Carolina and he was convicted on an all-white jury mm. for murdering two white girls. Do you... Do you know what kind of evidence they had? You he, was guess black. Kind of, he was black. He was black and the girls were found in his neighborhood. Oh, yeah. In his no, neighborhood. That, that's case closed. That is so... That's, That's pathetic. Good. No, that was good, Libby. You can't fight that. No. No, no, you apparently <laughs> oh, cannot. Yeah. 
In 2014, he was exonerated for his crimes. After he was fucking put to death. At how old? 14. And he was exonerated because that jury and that evidence is complete bullshit. Yep. Um, in 1964, James Akalos, another African-American boy, was sentenced to death at 17 for raping a white woman. He denied it until his death, which doesn't, I guess, doesn't necessarily mean that he didn't do it. No. But I, I can, he was also, his sentence was in front of an all-white jury and all this fucked up stuff. And so I can almost guarantee that he did not do it. I can almost guarantee. In 1972, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that the death penalty is unconstitutional. In 1972, they ruled it's unconstitutional. And look where we are now. But by 1974, over 30 states put statues into place to put minors back on death row again. They put their own statues up. 30 states. But all of those statutes fell down in 2005 when the Supreme Court ruled that it was cruel and unusual punishment. And this case came after a 17-year-old Missouri teen in 2005 again helped a friend murder a woman and his sentence was deemed cruel and unusual. In 2005, could, could we have not kept this back in 1974 and spared so many kids' lives? Could we have not been like, mm, let's not. Let's just not do that. Um, in 2005, guess how many minors were on death row? Mm. 2005. Oh, I was going to be way lower than that. Holy shit. No, in 2005. No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say a couple hundred. In 2005, our time, we were alive. More than 250. There was 72 <laughs> on death row. And I, I mean, that might, for a whole country, that might not seem like a lot. No, it is, though. That's a lot for their of kids. For being children, legally not able to vote, drink alcohol, consent to sex, nothing... Mmm, that's, 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 mm-mm, uh-uh. Um, so do, I don't know if you've looked at this, what happened to those kids that, obviously, when it was overturned, did they? I don't know. I didn't look at I'm it. assuming they stayed incarcerated. They that probably would be my stayed guess. incarcerated. Or they were retried, maybe? Mm, that's illegal. To have, like, a... You can't be charged... You can't, d- double time. jeopardy, but you can, you can uh, put an appeal in... And, because they're taking off the thing. And go, like, do you ha- I don't know if you'd know this. Do you have to go up a court, like, to a higher level court? Or can you go back to your... You so can like go back you- to the original okay. court, but your jury would probably be different, Well, I yeah. Think. Oh, definitely. So, between just 1974, when the, sta- when the 30 states put new statutes in place to put juveniles back on death row, and 19... <laughs> between 1974 and 2005... 226 juveniles were sentenced to death in that time period. That is 30 years. 226. That's insane. Not all of them are executed, though. So, continuing with the statistics, 50% of the kids that were executed were black. 50% of the kids that were executed, 10, not 10%, 10 people were white. 
Ten. Ten. I wonder if any of them had a disability, too. Because I could see that being thrown in there, too. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be surprised. Mental or physical. And 81% of the teens that were executed had white victims. Hmm. That makes sense, too. It shouldn't, but it does. Also, just to add to the cherry on top of this fucked up thing, 30% of the black people that were executed had an all-white jury. We're talking 90s. In 1990s. This I wonder if they were more... Um, I'm not a wonder. I'm sure they were more men, too, than women. Oh, I... Like, significantly. If there was even... 221 out of the 226 that were sentenced in that time period were men. Five of them were girls. No, I meant in the jury. Oh! <laughs> but at that time, I wouldn't think that many women would have been a part of that. In juries? Probably not. No, because that... That's still something we're fighting, like, in the Supreme Court and stuff. Everywhere, basically. Those statistics just make me so irritated. This whole entire thing was just rooted in really deep racism. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just... It, that's just how it is. There's no way to say that it's not. So, real quick stat on detention centers. There's not a ton of information on deten- detention centers and correctional facilities because I think that they like to keep those pretty hush-hush. Oh, yeah. Because they like to be like, we're going to just slide that Because otherwise there. big scandals come out they don't want to deal with. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, in detention, in detention centers and correctional facilities, juveniles have less of a chance of dying of, like, uh, natural causes. Like, I don't know, maybe, obviously, overdosing, those aren't natural causes, but, like, they have less of a chance of dying of outside forces. A heat stroke. That's what it is. Yeah. Less of a chance. by a car. Yeah. Like, those types of things. Mm. And a considerably higher chance of dying by suicide or illness in those facilities. Which is just like, if you have a really high suicide mortality rate, guys, that's a big red flag. That's a big no-go for me. Mm-mm, not happening. They're just not taking care of the important things. Like, like even mental health. I guarantee their mental health is not accounted for at all. In the adult um, county jails, when somebody is on suicide watch, they strip you down and put you in like this padded it looks like a dress basically that's like open in the back and then you get put in a cell with like nothing because there's a possibility I'm sure that's super helpful mm-hmm that super would super helpful definitely make me no longer want to die for sure definitely wouldn't amplify it no. and, and re-traumatize me not at all oh my god yeah. when I was in there for something with my job there was a man walking around in that and I was like one, I've. Why would they let you walk around in that? That is so. He was just out and about. That is like heartbreaking. Yeah. Like how. I don't know. That is very being trailed by like multiple officers. Like, that won't make you feel like total shit about yourself. That's so demoralizing. Yeah. I think that's the word. That is what I was looking for, but that's like, that's terrible. That is seriously awful. Not good at all. But, and I can't imagine it would be that much different in a juvenile 
detention center or the correction. Other than the fact that they're minors. Yeah. So they probably can't be naked by each other. They can't have their butts no, out the back No, but of I dress. would imagine that they would be kept in solitary then. Oh, for suicide watch. Yeah. That's what you're saying. So, I mean, I don't know. Oh, God, that's so disgusting. But you know what? There's no more fucking death penalty. Fuck that. So stupid. For juveniles. Thankfully. The adult one? I don't know where we stand on that. Haven't researched it yet. What are we talking where about next week? Let me look. I, I will look. I'm going to say I don't know. Oh, we're so close to starting. I know what it is. I started writing it today because I was, I was bored at work. Don't tell my boss. Um, <laughs> I, I wrote it on my 15-minute break. Don't worry. Um, we're talking about psychiatric facilities in Europe. Mm. Haunted and not haunted. Mm, spooky. I know. We're leading up to the spookiest, ookiest month of all. That's October. Um, and I, you guys are just not, nobody's prepared for Halloween. I'm so excited. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to give you a little teaser into Halloween. We're going to do possession versus the insanity plea. That's the only, that's the only hint you get. So, next week, psychiatric facilities in Europe. You can find us on Instagram at Social Work Friends Pod. You can find us on what for listening, Allie? This is your test. Spotify. Mm-hmm. Amazon. Uh-huh. And Apple. Uh-huh. You can find us at all three of those locations. You can even find us on Anchor if you want. I don't know if anybody listens to music on Anchor or podcasts. Um... And yeah, you'll find our thrift hauls on Instagram if you want to go take a look. Um, yeah, I'll work on that. I'll actually go thrifting. Yeah, we are actually planning on going thrifting as well, so there will be a thrift haul for the next one. We will see you guys next time. Have a fantastic day, week, month, year, minute, second, doesn't matter. Just have a good one. Bye. Bye.